Hello, everybody, and welcome to Suit for Thumb, a podcast where we're going to talk about everything from sports to astronomy. Yep. And to give you a quick rundown of, you know, what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of episodes, it's going to be related to things like um, the current sports situation, uh, COVID-19, um, issues regarding social justice, um, the upcoming election, and all these other things that Anish and I are very, um, you know, passionate about, something we talk about in our general conversations. And you can be a listener to our inner thoughts, our ideas about the world. Yeah. So today's episode is going to be about sports and the situation uh, with how you're going to restart sports leagues and um, how the organizations, how to organize sports in the current um, situation with the virus. And so that's going to be the general And how the different different restart plans have been doing so far for the different leagues. Yeah. All right. So to start off, we're going to go basketball. Uh, As many of you know, uh, basketball started playing about three days ago when Jazz played the Pelicans and Clippers played the Lakers. This was the beginning of NBA's restart plan where they're going to keep the season and uh, then start uh, working towards the playoffs. And if you don't know what's going on. So basically the NBA had this plan, right? Um, basically where they would invite all players and playoff contenders um, to come to Orlando, uh, Disney World. And they would set up this kind of like quarantine zone, uh, which is nicknamed the bubble. And basically for three weeks, they would basically monitor what the players were eating where they were at all times and all these other things to make sure that there's no positive coronavirus cases, right? To ensure that there's going to be a safe restart to the season. And so far, I think it's been that since July 13th, there have been no positive um, coronavirus cases in the bubble. And so some are saying that the NBA bubble is probably the safest place in America in terms of, um, you know, being able to, you know, get the coronavirus because yeah. it's just and it's a very low rate of infection. And they've been very, very effective with making sure that players uh, who exit the bubble or break the rules of the bubble are given a harsh punishment. And yeah, basically, it's, yeah. It's basically, it's like play. a... Uh, it's, cheating their rules, and it's an effectively a two-week suspension if you yeah. leave the bubble. You have to quarantine yourself for 14 days. Yeah. And they've made a tip line as well, which in my opinion has worked, or is an exceedingly good method of making sure that the players are following the rules. Yeah. Especially in such an important time and with everything going on. Yeah, and so in regards to the NBA, they've they restarted the season three days ago at the time of recording this episode. So today's Sunday, August second, and they re- restarted 
the NBA uh, Thursday. Yes. The Thursday before today. And so far, it's gone well. There have been no positive cases. The games have been played, you know, at a competitive level, even if there aren't any fans or, you know, factors such as home court um, advantage and things like that. You know, and it's just restarted, I think, pretty well. And so right now, each each team that's there, I think it's about um, 22 teams are in the bubble right now. They each have to play eight games. And that will uh, seed them for the playoffs. For the playoffs, yeah. And to be more detailed, uh, every team that was not within six games of the playoff spot was considered eliminated from the playoffs. Exactly. And uh, they're playing these eight games, and the top six teams from each conference will end up in the playoffs. Top eight teams. Top eight. Top six, they changed no, I'm pretty. No, there's a there's a there's a playoff spot. There's like a there's a there's a play-in game for uh, the yeah, ninth yeah. and eighth seeds. Eight seeds if they're close enough, right. they're within one game of each right. other. So it's it's right. eight teams from each conference. Yes, it's eight teams, but uh, six of them are guaranteed. Yeah, six of them are basically the guaranteed. Yeah, and as of now, then uh, looks like it's still going to be the usual. Uh, nothing has changed much since the regular season. Uh, yeah, Lakers, Clippers, Raptors, and Bucks obviously are guaranteed a spot at this point. Yeah, they they clinched those playoff spots a long time ago. Yeah, honestly, I've seen a couple of those games, and they are. I think they're probably like. I think these teams like know what's at stake, right? Yeah, because I, especially for some like of like the you know like the lower seeded teams, right? They're playing yeah. at like an incredibly high level. Like it's probably like some of the best basketball I've seen. Yeah, like in a long time, especially during for regular season games. So, yes, and very enjoyable. Especially, I uh, I wanted to bring attention to uh, a couple of days ago. I was watching the Mavericks versus the Rockets. That's honestly, I have not seen a game that high scoring in a long time. And the games as we've restarted, uh, as we've restarted, it's as Sam said, it's been just a whole another level of play. Every team knows what's up for grabs. Every team knows they've yeah. got eight games to make a playoffs for, and and I think it's on the best basketball in a long time. So for a lot of reasons. I think the NBA's plan is extremely effective on both preventing the virus and on making basketball very enjoyable to watch. And I think another thing that we have, we might have to point out is um, so the NBA is allowing their players to put um, social justice messages on their um, on the back of their jerseys instead of their last names, right? And so I think it's I think I think it's a really good thing on the NBA's part. Right, because it shows how you know progressive, you know, yes. the like the uh, entire league is, and how supportive they are of you know, uh, like minorities. So, and they even on the courts they have um, I don't know if it's painted on or if it's just you know woodwork, but it's like it says in big bold letters um, right next to the NBA yeah. logo like Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah, and I think I think it's like a step in the right direction because you know in the past few years you see with like organizations like the NFL, right? They've been very yeah. quick to like reprimand, you know, you know, 
um, uh, their players calling out um, yes. for social justice, right? You and see I just with the situation that, uh, with Colin Kaepernick and stuff like that. Yeah, you that know, was very telling. Yeah. And I just looked at the statistic. Uh, as of right now, the NBA is currently 80.7% of the, the NBA is people of co- color, mm-hmm. which shows you how important it is for um, an organization that is majority people of co- color to have those messages out, to have the, uh, to show that they're supporting their players. And it's something that I believe that the rest of the leagues need to follow that example. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think even in the uh, MLB restart, I don't know. I haven't yes, that was baseball as it is. They, they, I think they, they've also included a lot of um, yes. justice messages as well. So I think it's very yeah. good. Yes. But I think, Not like, what... the biggest question mark is, like, the NFL. You know, it's a league that's infamous, you know, for like speaking out against players, you know, who like protest the national anthem, kneel for the national anthem, you know, so, or just calling out players for, you know, being supportive of a social justice issue. So I think that's, I think the biggest test for sports are going to like for sports in general is going to be how the NFL will treat social justice issues in the future. And now that the NFL is the the sport which uh, has the highest number of viewers of the four major American sports, it's very important that they set the right precedent as well. They need to follow in the NBA, the MLB's footsteps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, it goes the same for how they're going to restart, you know, with coronavirus still. Because they plan to restart just when around the same time they usually do. You know, they recently sent players to uh, training camps. So they sent rookies and um, quarterbacks to training camps already. Um, so you're going to, I'm just curious to see how it's going to turn out, you know, you know, how they're yeah, going to restart. Yeah, as am I, because unlike the rest of the sports, the NFL was already in its off season when this, uh, when the coronavirus mm-hmm. uh, started spreading through the U.S. Yeah. So we've never really had a chance to gauge what their response is going to be because unlike the other sports leagues, they weren't affected as much. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like a lot of players are opting out to play the season. Yes. They, they don't want they they don't know how the NFL is going to treat to handle you know yeah. like how are, how they're going to handle the situation. You know how are they going to contain coronavirus cases and stuff like that. Yeah. So and I, I believe a couple weeks ago, uh, Ezekiel Elliott himself was uh, self quarantined due to the symptoms. Yeah, he he, uh, yeah, he he got coronavirus, and I think as a Cowboys fan, that's very scary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and very scary, especially because the NFL has a lot of teams in the most affected areas. For example, the Cowboys uh, here in Dallas. Uh, both New York teams are very affected by what's happened in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Miami, even probably Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, the Miami Dolphins, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both teams in Florida are affected by uh, the coronavirus cases there. Um, the Texans, of course, because of Texas coronavirus rise. The uh, Los Angeles teams, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, there's just so Los many hot spots. Yes, you know, and, where major football is played. Yes, or and NFL has 
and the NFL has less cities compared to the rest of the sports, so they yeah. really are affected more. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's it's very very hard to predict the future for what's going to happen for this next year of sports. Yeah, uh, I, I think I saw like a report somewhere that NBA owner, not NBA owners, NFL owners want to have fans come back to the stadiums because, like, when you think about it, most of the revenue for these teams comes from uh, fan attendance, yeah. right? Yes. Especially and places like Dallas. Exactly, like Dallas invested huge money into stadiums and facilities. Um, so, like, obviously they're like the most valuable team in the world, right? I think they just, they were just ranked number one again for like the fifth time in the world, right? But it's going to take a big hit. Like all the teams are going to lose money without fans. And so I think and that's probably like an NFL owner's like bigger, biggest fear, right? Yes. But with the current situation, I don't know if they're going, if anyone's going to allow it, especially like, like you have to at some point listen, you know, it's like the warnings and everything, right? So the league is probably going to yeah. get, shut that down like shut the idea down and then so, I think yeah. we can move on to baseball actually because yes, baseball yes, has actually, had some big news yes and the, I believe that after NBA they've had the most successful uh, restart plan yes they their response has been both uh, fluid, flexible, but also it's show, it given uh, fans still, they've made sure that the games get out to the fan. Yeah. I think, like, you know, so if you haven't been, like, if you are, like, caught up on, like, sports news or just news in general, um, so the Miami Marlins had eight team members, eight team members, not eight team members, eight yeah. team members, um, get the coronavirus. Um, and so they've had to, like, so the MLBs had to, like, scramble and, like, postpone games and, like, scramble the um, schedules a bit, right? But I think I think that's, like, the right thing to do because you're not going to stop the season or put the season on hold because a team, like, um, has coronavirus cases, right? Yes, yes. It's and very, they've been it's very, extremely flexible. And especially for a sport like baseball. Because uh, uh, most sports, they play a game every other day. Baseball is a game every single day for almost every team. There's maybe yeah. a, a break of three days or every four days. Nothing else. They play back to back to back to back. And the point is they play 162 games in a season. Mm-hmm. And we need to make uh, – and we as uh, – like in the place – if I was in the place of the commissioner of baseball, Roger uh, – um, Manfred, you have to try to keep that spirit because baseball really works because you see how much the stamina of these people are playing games. They're playing games constantly. And mm-hmm. that's what, uh, in my opinion, differentiates baseball from most sports. And the fact that they've been able to keep that pattern up is very impressive. Uh, uh, so... And when we go to baseball, I believe it's only right that we talk about one of the biggest news in baseball over the past year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the cheating scandal. Yes. In my personal opinion, while uh, there are many people who 
believe, oh, uh, reading signs is okay. And I believe reading the signs in an analog way, like trying to guess it from the dugout, looking at the picture, that's, that's fine. You're not, you're not yeah. using complex computer algorithms to detect when things are happening. You're not having, mm-hmm. which is what they were moving towards. At the point that where they were caught, they were having people on several cameras watching. They were making notes. They were figuring out exactly when um, pitches, uh, what pitches were happening. And in my opinion, that's honestly disgusting because the whole point of hitting in baseball is it's guessing. It's the reaction times of a of a batter versus the brass exactly. of the pitcher. It's not supposed to be how well you can hear someone banging on the trash can. <laughs> I mean, that, that, and that's what it's ended up in. Um, for example, the two teams, in my opinion, that have been completely uh, ripped off by this team scandal are New York Yankees and uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Both oh, yes, I agree. Lost, they lost, so in 2017, the year Houston won this, uh, this uh, was really ramping up their cheating. Uh, and the Yankees lost them in seven games in the ALCS, uh, and almost all of those losses were at home, which is really important because if you notice, a lot of Houston had one of the best home records in the league, and that's where they had most of their cameras. And that same year, 2017, Houston won almost every home game in the World Series against the Dodgers, once again. Then in 2018, the Boston Red Sox, the other team that got ruined, they beat the Yankees in the ALCS and then beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And then last year, last year, uh, the Dodge, or the, the Houston Astros beat uh, Yankees in six. Once again, almost every game at home was won by the Astros. And what I think gives away how extensive their change handle was is their loss to the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Because what the Nationals did is, it, in my opinion, it's brilliant. What they did is they, they went to almost every team that had played the uh, Astros throughout the postseason, regular season, over the past three years. And they looked, okay, when did this happen? And none of the teams are happy with Houston. So they all help the, uh, the Nationals. They, okay, they figure out what are they doing? How are they doing it? So what the Astros, or what the Nationals did is they constantly were changing their signs. Their signs meant nothing. And, exactly. and to show how that really worked is the team, that the Houston Nationals, which had won almost every home game through the season, Every home game to the playoffs lost every single home game in the World Series. Okay, yeah. And so, and, if you aren't like clear on what like Anish might be talking about, so sign stealing is this thing in um, baseball, like at all levels, basically where so a pitcher will make a sign to the catcher, basically like what type of ball is he going to throw? Is he going to throw a, a curveball, a knuckleball, a fastball? You know. So these are, they're all, they all have different signs for this, right? So just to let the catcher know, this is where the ball might be placed, right? Be ready for yeah. it. So basically what the Astros did, so they went to all these teams' games, or if they played at their stadium, they would record the pitchers, right? The signs that the pitchers would yes. give to the catchers, right? They would record them. They would memorize them, right? And, Which or is the other way around. Baseball. The catchers, yeah. 
and the, the catchers, catchers were also there. Yeah. And so basically, we, this is illegal in Major League Baseball. And I think basically in all baseball, right? And so the Houston Astros, they did this for their World Series run in 2017. And it's infamous, right? It's like, it, it's insane because nothing like this has ever been done before. And so last By year, way, after investigation, this. Yeah, they sorry. got caught. Yes, yeah, they got caught by the by the league, and they were and what's the worst heavily. part? The, no, the worst part is that they weren't. Uh, uh, they weren't actually reprimanded. The, I mean, the, the I mean, their person, owner and the uh, and the manager got 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 fired. I mean, I think uh, the owner is still there, but the manager was actually get used as a scapegoat. And the thing is, none mm-hmm. of the players who are part of it were punished. Jose Altuve. Uh, after the he hit a two-run home run that beat the Yankees at the end of uh, at the uh, end of the ALCS game six, he uh, most of the time you know uh, people rip off shirts things like that when they like walk off home run. It's like one of the biggest things to happen in the playoffs. You win a, a series on a walk off, like everyone's going insane. But what he said is, "Don't touch my shirt." And what it's believed is that he actually had devices underneath the shirt that were telling him. That would buzz whenever they figured out the pitch. Because uh, in 2019, the trash can, or we, uh, it's evident, there's evidence to show that there was still uh, Stein signs dealing going on, but the trash can wasn't used as much. So it's believed that they switched to another system. And that's yeah, when what Anisha talks really... about, yeah, when Anisha just talking about the trash can, basically to like let the batter know what pitch was, what pitch was being thrown, they would bang yeah. the trash can in their dugout. A certain number of times to let them to let the batter know uh, yes. what pitch is being thrown. They would do it so loudly, but no one was ever like no one would ever suspect a banging trash can. I mean, until now, right? Yes, and <laughs> one of the horrible things is that so many careers have been ruined. There exactly. was a pitcher, his first game in the majors, he walked uh, on the field and like gave up four runs. But it's uh, after looking through the recording, it has shown that that game is the most heavily used game for that trash can. It was uh, hit the most times, and yeah. that and the Astros win so much money from the World Series, and it's taken away from the, all those smaller teams who they cheated on. And it's, in my opinion, it's horrible that people are defending them and are watching when all these careers are just absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I, I, I think like cheating in any sport is bad, but with the Ashes, it was pretty bad. It was yes. very. Uh, but uh, there's some revenge going on right now, is what I'll say. Uh, uh, for example, I mean, yeah, the dog, they're hitting, I mean, yeah. they're hitting the batters. Like, on oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that wasn't, some of that it wasn't actually intentional, but uh, I know, I know. the Astros currently have uh, a four and four record, which, by the way, they used to be one of the best teams, and it shows they how much they the rely. Yeah, it yeah. shows how, how they relied on cheating. Uh, for yeah. example, the team they beat, the New York Yankees, are six and one. The Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, if you give me a second, uh, they are six and three. Some of the best uh, in the league, and also the Dodgers beat uh, the Dodgers. Uh, if I look at the record, they believe I believe they beat the. Uh, the Astros at least two or three times in a row this season. Yeah, two times in a row. Both times they played them, they beat them five to two and four to two. Yeah. And 
the teams are getting their revenge on the Astros, and I feel that the uh, Astros should not be protected. The, uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, on par with the Black Sox cheating scandal of 1919, where the players of the um, of the Chicago White Sox basically took bribes to throw the World Series. In my opinion, this is cheating teams out of in, of World Series and out of so much money. While the Yankees may not need the money, they're one of the richest teams ever in the but, world. Yeah. But the teams that they played, so the uh, other teams that were in the playoffs were the Indians, the Tigers, the Twins. All of these teams uh, were in some way either directly or indirectly affected by what the Astros did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really big. But uh, moving away from that, I think that what the MLB has done to restart is so very effective. Because mm-hmm. uh, to give you an example, uh, Yankees were supposed to play the Marlins, but the Marlins ended up with 12 coronavirus cases, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is ironic because a former Yankee is their owner. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they, they had 12 coronavirus cases, and what happened is the league went, okay, they, in less than a day, they had a vote. Yeah, uh, Yankees unanimously voted, let's just play a different team. The league got it to work. And the Yankees ended up uh, going to, if I check the schedule, uh, the Orioles. Yes, they ended up playing the Orioles. Yeah, uh, and they uh, they play, uh, and then it was just like a surprise three game series. And the thing that I think that's impressive is that that MLB is still traveling; they're still moving between cities. Unlike the yep. other places, they're still moving between seasons because that's like one of the big things. Every, unlike every other sport, every MLB stadium is different. They all follow the same general guidelines, but uh, for example, the Oakland Athletics Field has one of the, has the largest foul territory, uh, and pitchers like to be there. Uh, Astros Minute Maid Park has one of the smallest fields, so batters like to be there because it's easy to hit a home run. Even and, the Red Sox Stadium is like infamous yeah. too. Yes, they have this massive wall called the Green Monster at the Red Sox Stadium. And the thing is, with baseball's very unique uh, status among the sports, where every stadium is different, every uh, venue has its own quirks. They have to move, otherwise, each team's experience playing at home is kind of lost. Yep. So, I agree. So. And I think that's impressive is that baseball has it has shown their respect for the heritage by keeping themselves moving, but respect for the current time period by being ready to uh, change their schedule in a moment's notice. Yeah. Uh, and now I think we can also talk about the social justice in baseball that's been going on. Oh, yeah. For example, yeah. Uh, in the very first game uh, that I watched, uh, the Washington Nationals versus the New York Yankees. Every single member of both teams and staff kneeled. Mm-hmm. And that was a powerful message, in my opinion. And it's the same uh, with, yeah. um, with the NBA, too. Like, like even today, like after, I'm pretty sure they've all, all the teams have played one game, right? But even in the Lakers and Raptors, I think they kneeled, too. Yes. 
I just, I just saw the beginning. I don't, I don't know. And I believe there's actually a lot of misunderstanding about the symbolism of the meal. And I think yeah. we should talk about yeah. that. And oh, yeah. In, in most cultures, the meal, including the American culture, and kneeling is the ultimate sign of respect. It, exactly. While there may be certain policies about our flag, a universal symbol of showing I respect you, I think you are at a higher standing than me, is to kneel. To show that deference to that, uh, that object, to that person. Exactly. And, and the argument has been made that you know kneeling is a sign of disrespect. Like kneeling for the national anthem or for the American flag that, is a sign of disrespect that is for the armed objectively forces. Wrong, and that is objectively it's, it's, wrong. It's, it's, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, because it's a yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of military veterans like will agree that you know, yes, like it's not it's not offensive. In fact, it is. It, it, I think it's like one of the better things you can do, you know, yes. to show respect peacefully, right, for the national flag. And so. What many people do not know is that the idea of kneeling was actually res- uh, suggested by an, uh, by a military special forces veteran. It was uh, Colin Kaepernick actually initially planned on just not showing up on the field to show that he would not, uh, if the flag did not respect him, or if the people did, not, if the government did not respect him, he would not be there. But uh, an army. Uh, a uh, veteran uh, said, don't do that. That's totally disrespectful. But I would, while I may disagree with your cause, I recommend that you kneel because it shows that you are there and it shows that you're paying attention to a flag. The fact mm-hmm. that you're kneeling shows that you know what's out there. You know that you can solve it. And I believe that it's blown far out of proportion. People don't understand why it's there everyone's so willing to accuse people that they're not willing to uh look at how these things happen no one's willing to look at their sources everyone's just will, wants to start a fight over it exactly like people have like um said that kneeling for the flag is like akin to burning the flag and it's I think it's like I think burning the flag is like once you is like when you get to like extreme like extremism like radicalism, mm-hmm. right? I think kneeling, like and you said, is like just like a sign of like deference while also being respectful. Like you're acknowledging, you know, what the flag stands for and you respect it, but at the same time you're you're not protesting the flag. You're protesting something else while showing respect for the country. Yes, and like it's like the principles that it's like founded upon. You know what I mean? So, and in think, my opinion, that is the yeah. ultimate show of patriotism. And, exactly. I yeah. And patriotism is not blindly supporting your country. Patriotism is exemplifying its ideals. And one of the most important ideals for the for the United States is our First Amendment right to to protest, to have our freedom of speech. And notice how it's the First Amendment. It supersedes every other amendment. Mm-hmm. Our, it supersedes our right uh, to not have soldiers in our houses. It's, it even supersedes our right to a fair trial. Exactly. Because even with a right to a fair trial, if the government is corrupt, you cannot protest it. The most mm-hmm. important thing is being able to speak your voice. And anyone who tries to prevent that is actually 
undermining the United States, in my opinion. Exactly. And, you know, there was this, um, and, you know, like we were talking about sports earlier, right? So um, there's this Fox uh, news anchor, Laura Ingraham, right? So she has a show called The Ingraham Angle on Fox News. And so she went on there a couple of years ago, and it was around the same time LeBron James came out and supported Black Lives Matter and called for the men to police brutality and all these things. role is to just shut up and dribble right and i think that's wrong because i think an athlete i think has more power right to influence social change nowadays than someone who just goes on tv and just talks yes. all day but if anything right? athletes or like goes on like a radio show athletes and talks and people day. who travel like athletes are because, the most qualified because they go to almost every city and people generally organized mm-hmm. protests around important things like sporting events. So if anything, they see the most exactly. out of uh, mm-hmm. these angles. Exactly. And another thing is, like, these athletes are role models for millions of people worldwide, right? Like, if you're a basketball player, you're probably inspired by, like, some of the greatest of all time, like Michael Jordan, like LeBron James, like... Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah, all these Kim people Elijah. have stood up for social justice. As, yeah, they've all stood up for social justice, whether it's for um, equality for African-Americans, for Muslims, and all these other minorities in the United States. They have affected yes. so much. And it goes beyond just people in basketball, baseball, or even uh, yeah. American football. If you play soccer, like you'll see all these overseas players like especially like recently, you'll see like in um, international leagues like um, like the Spanish like the Spanish league, the German league, Bundesliga. Yes. They, you know, they've all supported the Black Lives Matter movement. So it's kind of like basically the world embracing a social justice movement. And at the top of that, the people who can influence that the most is probably athletes. And then come the politicians. Then come the social media influencers and all those other people. And I think I think it shows like how far sports is like how far sports has gotten yes. to the point where they can influence social change at a very and high the level. big thing is for many of the people you watch in sports would not be possible without some of these for example one of the most beloved mm-hmm. players in Dallas history uh, Dirk Nowitzki he could not be playing here if people like Detlef Schrempf had not broken the barrier of non-Americans playing in the American For international yeah. players, and exactly. The thing is, these barriers have to be brought down. For example, the Negro Leagues, when Jackie Robinson showed up, that was one of the most important things in, I think, American history, because that desegregated sports. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, yeah. well, and one of the, and in my opinion, the MLB has shown over and over again they can they respect these change and uh, they respect every community because in the MLB Hall of Fame there are many players who barely played an MLB game but these are players who played years in the Negro Leagues and were some of the best players of all time but they never got a chance to prove themselves <laughs> and that's what's important is that you lose some of the skill if you're just if you're uh, someone who just thinks of politics shouldn't be in sports because uh, I'm just here to watch a game. Well, think about this. You want your sport to be enjoyable. How is it enjoyable if the best players aren't playing? How is it enjoyable if people exactly. are being left out? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think it was a show because, like, the majority of, like, the best players in, like, the leagues you like to watch are minorities. You know, whether they came from outside of the United States, whether they were born here as a minority, such as, like, African-Americans, uh, they grew up here as uh, Latinos. Like, they are some of the best players in their respective sports. Yeah. And so you can't sit there and say, I'm just here to watch a sport when these players are, you know, fighting for their rights, for their quality. Because in order for them to even be on that field, there's, like there was a precedent set yeah. like years before they were there, you know, because someone came out and said, there needs to be a change. We need to have these players, the best players, be able to play the sport that they love to play. Right. So I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like, like you can't shut down athletes mostly because you enjoy watching the sport because of these athletes, right? The African-Americans, the Latinos, like the Hispanic people, um, even immigrants. Like today, like one of the most influential basketball players, young basketball players, like someone like Luka Doncic. Yes, exactly. like, he's like, he's only 20, he's only 20 years old, but he's like the top five player in the NBA. That comes right? from that so it goes to show that. that and that look of people. Exactly. Is- the barriers were put down because he's mm-hmm. is the direct successor to Dirk Nowitzki, and that exactly. I agree. And he's that, and it's very important that those barriers don't get brought up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I would kind of might sound cheesy, but now I'm going to put a black panther quote here. In times of great difficulty, the wise leader builds bridges, while the foolish one builds walls. And that's important. Yeah. The more, the only way that um, as a people, as everyone, we can make it through difficult times like the coronavirus, like the global uh, uh, political instability overall, is as a group, if we start dividing, forcing people to separate, we become uh, weaker. Because the global community is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yes, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point to leave off. Yes. Uh, on this episode, well, no, we did not. Um, so this the was the NHL. We may speak about that next time. <laughs> Yeah, sorry if we've offended the hockey fans out there. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think for the first episode, that's a good place uh, to leave. Um, and so this is the first episode of Food for Thought. My name's Samir Alfadi. Uh, my if co-host you have any is... comments, you have any topics you want us to talk about, Anish. you can uh, uh, just... Get in contact know, with, with us. Yeah, just, uh, find a way to get in contact with And we'd love to hear your suggestions. Yeah. If you have any comments about this episode, we'd love to talk to you. So, All right. Yeah, fair enough. And so thank you so much to listen, for listening to us. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. See you next time.